You're listening to the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative ministry from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining me this week on the podcast. This week, I want to talk about something that's really been uh, on my mind over the last couple of weeks. Um, For those of you who are on my mailing list, you know that I uh, went through the process of launching a new course. Uh, It was a very time-intensive process, in part because I've never launched a course that way before. Uh, But it also taught me a lot. And one of the things that I really want to kind of dive into here, and there's a, a degree of transparency that comes from this. So the launch was was dramatically underwhelming. Uh, what I did is I went through the process of building a course that I believe to be an incredibly helpful tool for churches. I still believe in the tool, by the way. I still believe in the course itself. But there's something about it that didn't resonate. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, at the time of uh, recording, there's still uh, a couple hours left where the um, the launch window is open for people to subscribe to it or to sign up. But at this point, no one has And I'm anticipating that no one will. And so there's something wrong. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if the the concept of it is overwhelming to people. I don't know if the people that were presented with the message or the, the opportunity to sign up, I don't know if it doesn't resonate with them or it doesn't fit the culture that they're in. Maybe uh, they don't have dollars right now in in terms of budget. One person wrote back to me and said that uh, financially their budget starts later in the year. And so they would have to put a proposal together and all those kinds of things. So timing was an issue, but whatever it is, I I knew that there would be these outliers, you know, somebody's budget doesn't roll over or somebody's out of town. You know, I got a couple of auto response emails (laughs) where people are out of town. And so they missed the whole thing. But what's interesting to me is that I went through this range of emotions throughout the process because I believed that the content was strong. Uh, Talking with a friend of mine who's launched uh, similar uh, resources for ministry leaders. So not even like, you know, oh yeah, I'm looking at how, you know, Barnes and Noble does a book launch. No, no, I'm the same stuff, (laughs) very similar stuff. He works in uh, a space that really focuses on youth ministry. Uh, and was so interesting because he's like, man, these are these emails are great. Like you launched this the right way. Your sales page, it's it's right on. It's right where it needs to be. So there's nothing that was clearly bad about what was being put together. Now, of course, over time, I'm going to lean in a little bit and and kind of study what what ended up leading to this not getting the results that I was looking for. Uh, and part of that is asking people, asking the people on the list. So if you happen to be one of the people who are also on the list, you'll be getting an email. I really do want to know how this missed the mark because my goal with this course is not to actually pay my bills. My goal is to put content that helps churches build healthy creative ministries in their hands for for an affordable price. When I'm doing consulting work, it's out of the budget of many churches that are smaller churches that are building communications ministries. And so the philosophy behind this really was how do I distill what I know, what I've learned over time into a format that is accessible for the churches that probably won't end up being consulting clients of mine. And then for those that are in the tier where they would bring in a consultant, the, the solutions tend to be so uh, unique to their context that going through an on-demand course doesn't really solve that problem. So it was really meant to solve a problem that I see. Uh, And so, you know, it's complicated. (laughs) You put yourself out there, you do something new, uh, and 
you don't get the response that you thought you were going to get. So what do you do now? And in, in the course of this sort of roller coaster of emotions, uh, there's been a lot that I have wrestled with. And I want to go to a couple different uh, passages uh, from God's word. And I want to read uh, a short snippet from a book I wrote many years ago called Hashtag Wisdom. Because there's a temptation in moments like this for us to start putting our faith in the wrong things. And I think there are times where our where we have placed our faith is revealed to us when we struggle with something that didn't go the way that we thought it should. So the the launch that I approached was out of a book called Launch by a guy named Jeff Walker. Um, I actually highly recommend the book. I think it's got some really in- incredible principles in it. I learned a ton in the process. So Zero Regret enjoyed it, uh, was challenged absolutely, and grew a lot in the way that I communicate. But, but the question that I keep asking myself is, was I expecting Jeff Walker to be the one who provided or the one who delivered? Was my faith in Jeff Walker or even his uh, product launch formula is what he calls it, was my faith in his formula or am I trusting that God provides? Am I trusting that God will be the, the one who brings the right churches to me in my business? Am I trusting that God will be the one who provides through those right clients? Or honestly, through, through no clients. God can provide however he wants. So where is my faith placed? And as I was really wrestling with this idea, a couple passages came to mind. Uh, I'm going to read first uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 16. This is God speaking. It says, I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me in burning incense to other gods, and in worshiping what their hands have made. There's a really interesting idea that that surfaces here at the end of that verse. This idea of worshiping what their hands have made. Now that makes a lot of sense in, in the context of what's happening here. God is speaking about these idols that are being created. Like somebody made this, They sculpted it, they carved it, they fashioned it, and it then became a source of worship. That tends not to be the way that at least American culture operates. I think there are some uh, Eastern religions that that do have this. They have idols that are made by hand (laughs) by somebody, and then they are, you know, they're worshiped. But this is a relatively foreign concept to those in the West. We're familiar with it. It's just not a practice of ours. But here's the question that I want to ask. Do we feel this way about the things that we're creating? Are we so enamored by our own creations, by the things that we make with our own hands, or you know, you could say clicked with the mouse or typed with the keyboard, <laughs> but, but we create these plans. We create these strategies. If you're a pastor, we create these series plans or promotions or whatever, the series that we, that we preach out of. We create all of these different things, the ministry structure, the, the, the new big event that's coming. How enamored are we of those things? And I want to bring it up because to see an idol visible in front of you is pretty clear. You're choosing to worship this thing, this physical thing in front of you. But there's a lot that goes in on our hearts that, that isn't visualized for us. And so sometimes we struggle to acknowledge, 
struggle to see what's actually going on. And so I want to bring this up because this is something I've wrestled through this week. And perhaps this is something that you are wrestling through. Uh, One thing I know by working with different communications leaders of, of varying levels of experience, to be honest, it doesn't matter how experienced you are. This is a struggle. This is a potential temptation, a way that our hearts can, can drift in the wrong direction. We become so enamored by our own plans and strategies that we allow those differences of opinion to divide us or to divide our staff, to pull us away from unity. And what I mean by that is we have a strategy, someone else doesn't listen to it, and so we allow that quote-unquote disobedience to be something that creates a rift relationally on our team. That's a lot of what I'm seeing here. We're worshiping something that our hands have made, and we're putting it in a higher priority than what Scripture tells us, what God tells us about unity being a priority. So I want to bring this up because I see this often with creative, really creatives in the church. We have a vision for our stage design. Okay, it's going to be really impractical, or that's not the vision that leadership has, or that's beyond our budget, or we don't have the hours to pull that off. I can't tell you the number of times I've seen a productions leader say, I don't care. I want to do it anyway. You don't understand. You don't get my vision. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Is that really a justified cause for disunity? I don't think so. It sounds a little bit more like we're worshiping something that our hands have made. So, so that's kind of the, the beginning here of this conversation about idolatry, what Jeremiah, what we see in Jeremiah. And then I want to shift over here to Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. I think it's such an interesting contrast. Trust in your own heart, walk wisely. So there's something here, I think, that even if you're not trusting Jeff Walker's strategy or you know the latest and greatest thing that you've downloaded to help you in your ministry, even if your trust isn't in that, is our trust in our own abilities? Is our trust in the things that we're doing? Another way to kind of phrase this, unless we're successful on social media, then something will, you know, some ministry consequence. Our church won't grow. Uh, People won't come to know Jesus. Uh, I've heard these things. If you're not engaged in social media, then you don't care about the lost being saved. I've heard those things. And so there's this tension now to say, us, we're the key. (laughs) We're the driver of ministry success. We are the mover of God's hand. Or in some cases, we don't even bring God's hand into it. And we instead say, there's a problem in front of us and we should independently act and accomplish the goal. The quote from the book will kind of drive that home. But before we leave Proverbs, it's really problematic for us to trust in our own hearts. And I know that this passage isn't speaking specifically of a communication strategy or specifically of a social media plan. But I want to encourage you to think more broadly about you know, what this is talking about in the sense that when we become enamored with our own direction, when we are the ones driving the direction, or when success is contingent upon us, those are the, the hallmarks to me of, of the beginning of this idea of idolatry. If I believe 
that I'm the one who should be setting the course rather than seeking God's wisdom, that's a problem. If I'm the one who believes that my performance is the condition upon which everything else happens, like if I don't perform at a high level, then God won't work. That's, that's not accurate. That's not biblical. And it's dangerous for us because it begins to inflate us in our own minds and in our own eyes. And now we become the things that are driving. And so there's almost this shift away from worshiping what their hands have made that we see in Jeremiah to now us trusting in our own heart. And we have a name for that. It's called a fool. (laughs) So watch out for that one. But it's an interesting tension that we see developing. And so I ask you that question. Is this something that you're wrestling with? Is this something that you feel like your plans are bulletproof? If this launch doesn't go well, I'm in trouble. Is that something that crossed my mind? If I just listen to what Jeff Walker has to say, then I'll find success. Then churches will be reached. This is sort of like a Christianese version of it. I don't care about the financial mechanisms tied to the courses. Really, the goal for me is to get the content in as many people's hands as possible and to make it available. And so one of the conversations I had a while back was that curation is part of the tension. I don't even have time as a communications leader to spend time on YouTube searching for content. I need somebody to package it for me. It's okay, great. I'll lean into that. So do I just like I have these fancy goals or I have, you know, I would almost say that they're, they're good goals trying to help the church build healthy, creative teams, healthy, creative ministries, healthy communications ministries. This isn't a self-serving goal. I want to help churches get better in these things. And yet was my, was my trust that only I can do that? Or was my trust only this plan that Jeff Walker has can do that? See how this drifts real easily? a noble goal all of a sudden becomes a little bit of an opportunity for our hearts to drift away from what they need to be focused on. What, what it is that even that we, that we say with our mouths, we desire to worship. We want to worship God. And yet so easily we can drift. And then the final thing I want to share just relating to this topic. um, I wrote a book back in 2012. Hashtag wisdom is the name. Uh, It really focuses on how it is that we can behave in the context of social media. Uh, The focus is very, very specifically on Proverbs, on what is it that that Solomon would say, you know, and even pulling from Solomon, not manufacturing. Oh, yeah, Solomon's Twitter account said this. No, no, I mean, what is it that Solomon did say? What is the wisdom that we find in God's word in the book of Proverbs? And then how do we relate that to social media? At that point, it was uh, relatively early in the life of social media. Many networks have emerged since then, but it's written in a way that talks about some of the vices or some of the, the particular topics of difficulty that come up. And so I believe that these things still apply. So here's, here's uh, from the chapter, the first chapter. Um, it might actually be the second chapter. One of the early chapters is actually on idolatry. Um, And it says this, the issue is that our pursuits become altars where we anticipate that our needs will be met. Sometimes our idols are the same as the world's, but often we put a Christian veneer over them. For example, through causes, we begin to believe that we can solve the problems 
that are too, bu- too big for God to accomplish without us. Quote, God obviously hasn't eliminated world hunger, but that must be because he's too busy. Now that I'm involved, the problem can be solved, end quote. So the idea really, and this was written in an era where uh, the, it almost felt like there was a, a movement of causes. Everyone had a cause. A new cause was emerging you know, every five minutes. It was, almost, it was almost growing at the same speed as technology. And while I don't have any problem with causes, I don't have any problem with trying to provide clean water, trying to provide wells across you know, the world wherever they're needed. I don't have problems with these things. The question becomes, and this is a, this is a piece of even the setup of us following our own heart, trusting our own heart, uh, positioning us to be a fool. Have we become so enamored with our, our goals or causes that we are now focusing on those, that we are now focusing on, on us being a part of solving the problem? Obviously, there is a level of due diligence that we should be investing. Really, I like to think of it or I I view it as an act of worship. God has given me breath in my lungs. How am I going to invest my time? How am I going to invest my energy? And so I don't want you to hear that we shouldn't be proactive or intentional or even building plans or building strategies. Those Those are not the things that I'm, you know, that's not the takeaway from this episode. The takeaway for me here ultimately is this. All of our plans need to start with a conversation with God. And all of our plans need to be operated with a conversation with God. And then all of our plans need to be concluded with a conversation with God. If we're removing God from the mechanics of our work, then we're not participating in ministry. And, and genuinely, we need to be involving God in the things that we're doing. And I use that language intentionally. God is over all things. But if we're not inviting him into the work that we're doing, then we're just doing our own work. And that's problematic. In fact, what we're then doing is we're creating things in our own hands or with our own hands. And and it's going to put us in a really problematic position because we're going to become so enamored with what we've made that it becomes the thing that we worship. And I don't mean we sing songs to it necessarily. I don't mean that we bow down in front of it, but I mean that it dictates our time's usage. It determines our attitude. It determines if we feel like we've done well or not. Our self-worth is tied to those things. See how problematic this becomes? And maybe that even is a, is a pathway in for you to relate to some of these things in your own life. There are likely things that you are so focused on that your self-worth is attached to them in a way that is perhaps idolatrous. Have that conversation with God. Confess those things. Ask him to reveal those things. I know for me, this process of launching with um, the product launch formula has really revealed some things about my own approach to what I do. How concerned am I that I am building a mechanism that is repeatable for business. Is that my focus? Or is my focus on bringing God into the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis? So my encouragement to you is, is simply that. It's, it's to walk wisely rather than to trust in your own heart. Bring God into the things that you're doing. Pray over the plans that you're making. Ask him to work in your ministry. And all of a sudden, you will find yourself regularly, hopefully even daily, 
reorienting your values, reorienting your focus. God, today I'm going to be doing these things. My prayer is that you work through those things. My prayer is that these become a mechanism through which others come to know you. But in your sovereignty, those things may not happen. I trust that you're good. I trust that you're in control. And I acknowledge and verbalize my worth is not attached to those things. My performance doesn't change the way that you care about me. It doesn't change the fact that you're God. And by doing that, you disconnect yourself from these different things, these strategies, these plans. And you really guard yourself against drifting into um, an, an idolatrous view of what they are. I hope that this is helpful for you. Communications is complicated. It is a very, um, it's just, it can be an overwhelming space. And I find that it's so easy because of the pace of movement for us to drift into these, these like, I don't have time to pray about this. I don't have time. There were so many times, I, I remember having this conversation with someone that I worked with. I said, look, I, I just wish that we had a prayer ministry for every event that our communications team puts out or that, you know, promotes. I just wish there was a group of people that were praying for them. And I remember, you know, as I, as I look back, I, I remember feeling like that was such a priority, but I couldn't quite do it. Can I just, can I just encourage you find the time, like prioritize that because that's the key. That's the foundational and, and really most critical piece of any ministry effort is God's involvement, praying that God would be at work. So that's my challenge to you this week. I pray that you would see these opportunities to fall into idolatry and avoid them intentionally. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes can help you build a healthy creative ministry in your church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co. 